everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Amen. It's great to have you here. I'm glad that you allow us to come into your living room, into your kitchen, wherever you are this morning. We have not only the word of God that is going to come into your heart and bring change and direction, but the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you in all truth and righteousness. As we get into the word, I would like for you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 24. And go ahead and get there. I'm going to read it for you as well. But it's very important that you get your Bible. Because that is the word of God that is going to bring change and direction in your life. And this is what it says in verse 10. In, in, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Manifest. Wherever, uh, wh whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. You need to make sure that you underline that in your Bible because that's very, very key. It's key. And it goes on to say, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because he, his works were evil. And his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brothers, if the world hates you. How many of you have gone through challenges? Because you can't fit into the world's mold anymore. Because God has changed and transformed your life. Give yourself to the Lord in his word and the work that he's going to do through you and your family. Do not marvel, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that. We have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother, amen, abides in death. There it is again, to love your brother. And then it's what, this goes on to say in verse 16, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, in need, and shuts up his heart. Not his doors, not his windows, not his storage place, his heart. It's a matter of the heart. Let me ask you this morning, what is, what is the condition of your heart? That's something for self-examination. Verse 18, my little children, John goes on to use that terminology as a term of endearment. He is showing them that he loves them because Jesus loved him and transformed his life to be the man of God that he is. And this is why he's writing to the children of God and telling them that we need to love. That is number one key component. Number one key component. Because the Bible says you can have everything, money, cars, nice clothes. But if you don't have any love, you have nothing. Nothing. Let's go on. Verse 19. And by this we know that we, amen, by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. 
It's a condition of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Verse 20, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So you can't hide anything from God. Can you say amen or ouch, whichever one you choose? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That's, that's Pastor Brian's. Amen? But that's okay. That's okay. And then it says here in verse 22, And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do these things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 22, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Amen. Of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Verse 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he gave us. I want to welcome you again this morning. We are still studying and working through the series of living in the know. The title of this message is, What Does Love Look Like? You can ask yourself, ask your husband, ask your wife. Sometimes when, when our, my wife asks me, do you love me? How do you love me? Man, I start to sweat. I start to sweat because you know what? I look at her and I tell her, you know, I told you this yesterday. You don't remember? <laughs> Pay attention, husbands. Pay attention. The Apostle Paul poses this question about love, that we should love one another. The portion of this study focuses on the love of God that he's given to us. Now, he's telling us that we ought to do the same for those around us. Sometimes that's a challenging thing to do. We, as the body of Christ, need to ask God to help us to continue to develop our hearts to be more like Christ. How many of you want to be more like Christ? I want to be more like Christ. I want to do what Christ did. Amen. I want to love unconditionally. But for us as human beings, sometimes that's a little difficult. Amen. How do we love? We have to have that love toward our brothers and sisters, whether they're saved or unsaved. If we don't allow the love to be shown, and I'm talking about genuine love. Genuine love, not love with hidden agendas. Because sometimes our love has a hidden agenda. If God was to ask us, what are we doing with the love that he's shown to you and me? What are you doing with the love that God has given to you, young man that's sitting on the couch? Husband and wife that are sitting together listening to the word of God. What are you doing with the love that God has given to you? Luke 6.45 says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good. And then this is what it says. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. I pray that that's not you. I pray that you are the woman of God you say you are and you love your family unconditionally. I pray that you are the man of God that you say you are and you love your family unconditionally. Don't doesn't matter what the kids did yesterday. You need to love them, forgive them, and bring some direction in their life. Just the way the word of God brings to us. Is that okay? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks is what the word of God says. 
What's in here is eventually going to make its way out. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Hold back. Allow God to lead you and guide you in that. What we have in our hearts eventually comes to the surface. You want to know why it comes to the surface? Because that's all you think about. That's all that you say. That's all that you speak. The kids don't do this. My husband doesn't do that. My family doesn't do this. Listen, start approaching your family and your children with the love of God. And if correction needs to be done, do it in love. Amen. We have a godly responsibility to show the pure and perfect love of God that was given to us. Remember back, wasn't too long ago. Don't ever forget where you, where God rescued us from and the compassion and love he gave us when no one would give us the time of day. You know, have you ever heard that term? Don't burn your bridges because you may need to cross them one day. Well, listen, I burned every bridge. Every single one. I had a wise man tell me one time, don't burn your bridges because one day you may need to cross them again. Jesus became that bridge in your life. Jesus Christ became that bridge that allowed you to cross from disparity, from the hate and the anger into the love of God that brought change and direction to each and every one of you. Don't cringe in your couch. Don't do it. Raise your hands and praise the Lord and thank him for what he's doing in your life right now. Come on, all glory and praise belongs to him. John 15, 13, out of the Amplified Bible, it says, No one has greater love, no one has strong affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. Sharing the love of God is not only our responsibility, but it serves as a reminder of how much God loves us. Every time I share my testimony to someone, I'm reminded of everything he rescued me from. The changes that he's made in my life. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. I don't have time to read that whole chapter, but that is a love chapter that if you ain't got love, you ain't got nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says that everything will fail. Your plan A, your plan B, your plan C. You go, some of us go through the alphabet before we call on the Lord. It says that everything will fail, but love will never fail. We as humans have a short memory when someone does good for us. Amen. But when we are done wrong, ooh, we step back. You jump off that couch, you start speaking in tongues, and I hope it's the right tongue. But that is the human response. We have memories like elephants. Elephants never forget. <laughs> God is so good. But please pay attention to what I'm about to say next. Please, please listen. Unplug your ears. Open your heart to hear what God wants to say to you. Bitterness against anyone who has done you wrong is like an evil cancer within you. 
and everything will be destroyed in your life and everything God has built in your life up to this point will be destroyed because of hate and bitterness we don't have time for that. And this is what Paul the Apostle, Paul the Apostle was a man of God and he knew John and John conveys to the people of God and says, you have to love your brother. You have to love him. Oh no, but you don't understand what he did to me. No, no, listen. You need to only remember what God has done for you and know that God loves that person just as much. Some of you look at your husbands and tell them, God loves you and I love you too. Husbands, you need to look at your wife and tell your wife that you love her and that God loves her too. Amen. We are to be the example and the pattern of Jesus Christ who laid down his life for each and every one of us. What is love? By definition, I had to look it up. Because now I'll have a good response from my wife when she asks me again. Do you love me? How much do you love me? How do you love me? What do you think of me? That's a lot. That's a lot for a man to take in. I just know this, that I love you. And that whatever comes our way, baby, I'm going to stand next to you. And we're going to make it through every challenge that has come into our life. That's why we are where we are. What is love? By definition, it's an intense feeling of deep affection for someone. Jesus felt this as he was suspended between heaven and earth, nailed to a wooden cross. And Paul loved them just as much. And the apostle John was the only one other than his mother and a few other women. John John stood at the foot of the cross as they proceeded to crucify the author of unconditional love. Kind of sounds almost like a song, don't it? The author of unconditional love. While he was hanging there on the cross, he would look down at the people and still love them in spite of what they did to him. He had a purpose and a mission, had a purpose and a mission to save each and every one of us. Luke 12, 48, the latter part of that verse says, to whom much has been given, much is required. Listen, I don't have time to get into my testimony and everything that God has done for my life and everything that he has done in the life of my family. We had to bury three children, but that's not the point of this message. The point of this message is the love that he embraced me and my wife with. In the moment, in the moment that we felt the weakest, he embraced our life with his love unconditionally in spite of what was going on. He's given me much forgiveness, much love, much mercy. Amen. Much compassion, his loving grace, his never ending patience. Do I need to go on of everything that he's given to you? And yet you still sit on your couch bitter and angry because of what somebody did to you. I'm rejoicing right now because of what somebody did for me. My God, my Savior, and my King. 
Sometimes, hey, listen, listen, it's time to lay it down. Lay it down at the altar. Whatever's holding you up, whatever hang-ups you got in your life, lay it down and allow the fullness of God's love to take over you. That is important. What else can we do? For some of you, you got a lot of ideas. You got plan A, B, and C. And like I said before, you'll go through the whole alphabet before you call on Jesus Christ. 1 John 3 verse 24 says this. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. John is talking to us. He's talking to the men and the women of God. Young people, you're included as well because you are still accountable. Accountable for the things of God that have been implanted in your life. What is this verse talking It's talking about a mutual relationship in Christ. As he lives in us, we live in him. That is our full existence, is to live in the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Many of you are familiar with the scripture, but yet most of you don't follow it. Out. This is what it says. For those of you that are flipping through your Bible trying to get there, amen, get there. Get there and read it. Underline everything. This is what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Underline that word all. With all your soul. Underline that word all. And with all your mind, underline that word all. One thing that Pastor Brian teaches us is that if you see a word show up more than once, you need to underline that and study that because it has a meaning. It means something to you personally. Love God with all your heart. Not some of it, all of it. Some of us love God with half of our heart and we go on carrying all the hurts that people have caused in our life. John was saying, love your brother. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your soul and love him with all your might. But no, 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 no. You don't know what he did to me. Look back at what Jesus Christ did for you. What he did for you. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor. This is the point where you're sitting wherever you're at and you're, you're panning the room at your kids and your husband and your family. Or maybe it's just you by yourself and God's dealing with your heart right now. He's speaking to your heart right now. Of that thing that may have happened to you in 1972 or even in 2020. God is speaking to your heart. He's speaking into your life. You know why? Because if this message is only for you. That have been struggling with something in your life. That you've been angry. You haven't been able to give yourself completely to God. Because that thing that's in the past keeps pulling you backwards. This is a message about the love of God. There is nothing else but the love of God. 
He hung on that cross for you and me. A lot of people say what kept him on the cross was the love for you and me. Listen, I understand that. But in reality, there were three nails that were pierced into his body. And he hung there on that cross thinking of you and thinking of me. Knowing that he had to suffer the way he did in order for you to have the ability to come and surrender completely to the love of God that will cover you and bring direction and bring change in your life. What are you saying, pastor? Is my life going to be perfect? Is everything going to be okay? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you need to take that first step toward healing, toward restoration, toward deliverance. See, I don't, I, I don't know what you face at home. I don't know what's going on in your life. But as you heard this message, I want us to take the opportunity to reflect on what's being said. As you bow your hearts, as you close your eyes, right there in your living room, right there where you're at, I pray and speak the peace of God over your life and over your mind and over your heart. That everything the enemy has tried to torment you with, we bind it in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Allow the love of God to embrace you, to strengthen you, to love you, and more importantly, to heal. Heal that hurt so that you can go on and forgive anyone that has offended you. It is important for us to do that. So do me a favor, bow your hearts, and close your eyes. In a moment of reflection, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you.